Welcome everybody to our latest edition of the Coaching Outdoors podcast. Um, Anna-Marie and I are very lucky today to be welcoming um, our special guest, Liz Hall from um, the Coaching at Work magazine and various other initiatives which we'll be talking about today. Um, Liz comes to us from Spain. Um, I'm as usual, I'm up in Scotland and Anna-Marie is in, in Wiltshire. And as you can see from today, um, none of us have made it outside, unfortunately, because we've all got lots of rain and dreary weather. So we've all kind of had to debunk to the inside um, today to, to deliver our podcast. Um, now, Liz, um, we've had lots of conversations over the last couple of weeks and months about um, the link between outdoor coaching, nature um, and climate um, change and the impact that we as coaches may be having on the climate and how we can do things to mitigate that. So we will talk about that today. And we have just recently released a podcast um, from David Clutterbuck in relation to Climate Coaching Action Day 2021, um, where we talk about this topic. But just to get started on today, Liz, if you could just introduce yourself to our listeners, it would be great for them to get a bit better understanding about who you are and what you do. Lovely, thank you. And it's a real honour to be invited here. And I, I love the podcast. And, uh, you know, so well done for that, really. Um, yes, yeah, so Liz Hall, I'm, I'm, I'm a senior practitioner coach. I'm a mindfulness and compassion teacher. Um, I've had various books published. The latest, latest was Coach Your Team with Penguin. And also books such as Mindful Coaching and also the editor of Coaching Work magazine. And um, I'm an initiate, the initiator of Climate Coaching Action Day, which we will come on to. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, lovely to be here. Thank you. And, and just to kind of start off and make that connection to the outdoors, something that we ask all of our um, guests when they come on is, um, what is their earliest memory of being outdoors and why do you enjoy being outside? Mm, and, you know, and I think that's such, such, such a delicious question. Because, you know, I mean, you're not going to know whether it's my first memory or not, but it gets us thinking, you know, about early times in, in, in nature and just lovely to have that contemplation. Um, so I remember we had a long garden when I was really, really young and it was quite scruffy at the, at the end of the garden, quite tidy and beautiful at the beginning bit. So I used to spend a lot of days you know, scrabbling around in the bottom in the undergrowth. I had a swing sort of nestled within the trees there. So that's one memory I have. Um, I also have a memories of my sister. My parents weren't so hot on taking me out for trips to, to the outside in that way, but my sister used to take me on lots of trips. And I remember we went to Cheddar Gorge and it was just stunning. And I was really excited about the cave and the scenery was beautiful. And yeah, it's really stayed with me and I was really, really small. So why do I like being outdoors? Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because there is a big difference between out, being outdoors with, when you're surrounded by concrete, even if you can see the sky and hear the birds. So it's more sort of outdoors in terms of being somewhere you know, when you feel closer to nature. And um, so the beach or up in the mountains. And what I really love about it, I think, is it's, it just, it helps me kind of drop into the present moment more somehow. There's something about, remembering that we're part of nature because that's it isn't it it's not separate there's something about remembering that we're part of nature that makes me feel more connected to the present moment more relaxed happier I mean I could go on it's just a lovely lovely thing to do and I can really feel you mentioned the rain Alex um, we were planning on going somewhere lovely yesterday big trip uh, in the day in our camper, camper van and it was, it was just bucketing down so we couldn't and I think you miss it if you haven't had that chance for a while so yeah 
Thank you. And, and it's it's great the way that you describe that as a delicious question at the start there. And I love your use of language there um, because it's funny because your memory just sparked off a memory in, in me, which I, I hadn't forgotten about, but I hadn't thought about for such a long time. You talked about the scrub at the end of your garden and, and it being, and we had exactly the same. And we had a neighbor whose garden met ours at the back mm-hmm. and she used to sit in her apple trees, picking apples and talking to us over the fence. And she convinced me, absolutely convinced me that we had fairies in our garden in the bottom of the garden and I spent hours hours as a four, sort of four and five year old sitting there watching this scrubland at the bottom of our garden just in case just in case I got a sight of a fairy and it, your your description of the bottom of your garden just suddenly made that memory come into my mind that it's yeah made, yeah. Me, made me smile quite a lot <laughs> talking about her apple tree um which was a, a funny conversation um, but it's great, isn't it? Those memories that we have and those thoughts we have of, of, ch- of nature when we were children and, and how that's kind of, you know, um, I suppose, um, shaped our view of nature now and our connection with nature. And it would be really great to get an understanding of your backstory and, and how you, you as a coach, you've, you've, you mentioned focusing on the mindfulness side of things. And you mentioned there a little bit about nature bringing you into the present moment and that element of, of mindfulness. So what, what's the backstory? How did you end up um, as a coach and, and especially focusing on the mindfulness element of coaching? Mm. So my background originally was in publishing as a journalist. Um, so obviously I still, still do some of that. But I used to write about anything, you know, there were all sorts of topics and, and different magazines and publications I would get involved in. Um, but I got approached to run a magazine on coaching, coaching at work. And um, I remember thinking, yeah, that sounds great. And ringing my friend up immediately saying, what on earth is coaching? <laughs> and I had no idea. I knew what training was. I didn't know what coaching was. Um, so for one, I was just writing about it. Um, and sort of getting other people to write about it in the magazine and didn't dabble. But you know what coaches are like. You know, you go to a conference and it's for coaches and people are pairing up doing all sorts of stuff. And I'd be like, no, 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 I'm just here to watch and take notes and what. And they'd be like, no, have a go, have a go. So before you know it, you're kind of dabbling in all sorts of wild, weird and wonderful things. And I heard um, at one of those early conferences, I heard Nancy Klein from Time to Think um, talking about her approach, you know, the thinking partnership approach. And I mean, she's, I don't know if you, you, you've heard her, but she's so eloquent and so, I think, mindful, really. And I just thought, wow, that's amazing. You know, uh, to be able to kind of be, play a small part in transformation um, for people, just that small part. And it felt a small part. And I know how huge it is to just listen to people. It's quite a big thing. But yeah, it just was very enticing. So I trained as a coach. The mindfulness was kind of alongside, but I had a sense of, this was a long time ago now, never shall the twain meet really. So I'd have my secret closet. I was a closet mindfulness practitioner um, and would kind of come across other people. Yes, I've got a mindfulness practice as well. Um, <laughs> we'd sort of whisper about how wonderful it was. But in those days, it would feel a bit, odd and fluffy you know if you can't start talking about my of course that's really changed now so I had my own sense of the benefits it was bringing me which were huge including I think staying sane actually um just being able to cope with life let alone thrive and gradually started bringing it more into my coaching and that prompted me to write the book mindful coaching so yeah these days of course it's it's you know quite mainstream <laughs> mm. 
And, th and thank you for giving an insight into your backstory and kind of the, the major influence of Nancy Klein as well. I know that Alex heard her at Henley Business School and really valued that contribution to her master's programme. And I'm hoping to, um, it's gone online, um, though mm -hmm. in September she's got another event, which again, she, she's definitely been a massive um, driver behind a lot of people. And that element of mindfulness is, well, I know for me that mindfulness is a daily part of my morning routine now. And that's really only come in in the last, I think, six years. And it's particularly over the last few months, it's definitely been kind of a, a mental and emotional kind of link each morning just to kind of make it, set myself up and make it through the day. Um, so it's interesting how things kind of shift. Turning attention to um, an initiative that's kind of part of your portfolio, um, which you kind of um, started a couple of years ago, uh, which is the Climate Coaching Action Day. And it was the second one um, on the 4th of March um, in 2021. And it would be great to just hear a bit of an insight into kind of, you know, we've heard a bit about your backstory, then what prompted you to start this um, link to kind of, you know, environmental change and climate change and as coaches, what can we do about it? And you kind of brought quite a few people together to collaborate with that, um, the Climate Coaching Alliance and the EMCC. So it would just be really interesting to kind of hear how that emerged. Mm, no, absolutely. And firstly, to say thank you for getting on board yourselves with your special guest podcast with David Clutterbuck last week, which is the least support on the day. So thank you for, for contributing there. So um, yeah, absolutely. We, we launched through Coaching at Work, Climate Coaching Action Day last year. So it was on the 5th of March in 2020. Um, and how it came about, I mean, I've been really um, interested and involved, I suppose, with, with all sorts of things to make a difference over the years. Um, and some of that has come through in, in coaching at work in terms of commissioning of columnists like Neil Scotton and so on. But I suppose for a long time, a lot of us were, you know, you know, in coaching when we're meant to sort of only work with the client's agenda. OK, so I find it really interesting because there'll be some things that we think, even though they, they've come up in our consciousness, we'll think, oh, that might be useful here. Let's talk about that. And we'll happily talk about you know, multiple stakeholders. Um, what are your, what, what's the impact on your family, you might ask, or on your, you know, people, other people in the team or on the organisation? But we traditionally haven't wanted, many of us haven't wanted to say, what about the environment? It was like, it reminds me of the early days of mindfulness where you couldn't mention the M word, we, we couldn't mention the E word, you know? Don't mention the climate, they'll think we're nuts or, you know. Um, so, so there was a lot of that going on, I think, this sort of, People care, and people like myself caring masses about, you know, maybe we all do, you could argue, care about the climate, you know, to lesser or greater degrees, whether we accept there's an emergency or not. Um, but there was this, this sort of feeling we couldn't really mention it in coaching. And that was just starting to shift for myself. And it was talking to people like Charlie Cox, who um, set up Climate Change, change Coaches, um, who's wonderful, you know, and I just, her, her enthusiasm and dynamism was, was pretty infectious. I just thought, why don't we have this day um, and launched by Coaching Work, but not, not owned by Coaching Work was my, my, was my thing, um, where we've de designated this little space where people can, you know, if maybe they're already doing wonderful things and they can share some of that, some tasters or whatever, or they can just have a play on that day or around that day. So we've had people who have never sort of worked with the, the climate issue in their coaching, but they're offering pro bono coaching, saying, you know, if you want to explore this topic, come, come and 
approach me and we'll do something as part of the initiative. So it was, it was meant to be really inviting and also kind of be like a, um, so to inspire and promote coaching around this theme, but almost like an umbrella where people had lots of um, in, umbrella organization, almost like there's lots of voices can come forth. Because everyone does it differently, I feel. So that was that was why we we launched it, and that you're right. We've had lots of lots of partners. Climate Coaching Alliance have done so amazingly. Had a hundred plus events organised through their 24 hour conversation, the Climate Coaching Action Day, um, and I'm hugely grateful. And yeah, I, I'd like to say that there are many people taking taking part. So there might be an individual, there might be the professional bodies. So it's a global thing, and it's there are many contributors, large and small. <laughs> It, it's such a great initiative as well and I think you know year on year I think it will just build and grow and, and really you know evolve and, and, and more and more people will get involved each year and it was as you said it was great from our perspective to be able to um, interview David Clutterbuck about his views on climate change and he said shared some real great really great insights from his perspective having been a coach himself for so many years and, and really promoting coaching in general and now the move to to um focusing on the importance of climate and and he shared a couple of ideas on what we as coaches can do to maybe reduce our carbon footprint and, and reduce the amount of travel we do and how we might adapt our businesses to to be a bit more um uh, aware of our our climate um impact um so there's some, there's some really great things there and i must say i you know i listened to and joined in some of the events on on the on the 4th of march and there's some really great stuff there's so much going on that there wasn't mm. you couldn't join everything and marie and i had a conversation about do we do we join this one or do we join this one and we were we were trying to sort of work around our diary so that we could um maximize the amount of things that we could get involved in throughout the day so um i highly recommend to all of our listeners to either look back on on this year's um initiative and also to to get involved next year as well mm. and so in terms of coaching um have you noticed or what kind of changes have you noticed in the conversations and the, the coaching profession um, with regard to um, climate change and, and the developments in climate change? Have you seen any changes in the way that uh, coaches are, are approaching this topic and doing things differently? Well, well I have. And one of the things, as, as I sort of alluded to earlier, was this idea that, yes, you know, we, we do want to honour the coaches agenda um and we don't want to be you know to be barging in there and saying right you know the session's got to be about this or the coaching program's got to be about this but that actually the climate emergency is is everyone's agenda really um so that i think there's been a bit of a shift in thinking around that and how what we do with that is obviously going to be up to each coach to decide um but i think there's been an awakening in the same way as we've seen you know we're human beings first, aren't we? You know, then, then coaches. So I think we've seen that sort of awakening happening, you know, it, it, much more widely. Um, so I think that's one thing. There's a, there's a sort of a, kind of playing around the edges of, well, actually, you know, it's, it's all of our agenda, really, or, or our future generations' agenda and so on. So that's, that's been something that's shifted. Um, I think we're also seeing um, a lot more coaches being upfront and open about um, their activism so some it's not for everybody um, going anywhere near the climate is not for everybody I've had some people saying yeah I know you're doing lots in the magazine and around the magazine with, with climate but it's not it's not for me fair enough 
But I think, you know, coaches who have been in Extinction Rebellion for, for some time will happily share that. And again, it's up to each person. But so I think there's been more vocalising of, of, of activism. I think there's also an increase in sharing, loads of generosity, sharing different approaches. I think that's the thing. There's so many different ways of inviting our clients to, and I want to say dance really for some reason, but dance with us. (laughs) Because it doesn't have to be serious, actually. You know, it's a serious topic and it can be deeply emotional. I'll say something about that in a minute, but I think there's so many different ways. And, you know, some of us might want to go in and be not, preachy but a little bit sort of like well actually come on this is you know everyone's agenda and other people will want to be really invitational gently gentle and, and maybe have earth mother earth as another stakeholder that we just bring into the conversation so I think that increase in approaches is, is lovely somatic approaches you know all sorts of things um what else have I seen a shift in well loads more communities that people can get involved in um, and a real sense of, which wasn't there before, um, of a global community, being able to tap into global communities. So that's just some of the, some of the things I've seen shift. <laughs> and of course, that's in myself, I've seen shift as well. So you know, we all go on our own journey. Yeah. And taking a step into the future, what is your vision for Climate Coaching Action Day? Mm, mm. So I would love to see it grow and grow. Um, I'd love to see it as a sort of you know, definite day in the calendar. What we've done is instead of, I think that International Women's Day is always the 8th of March, as I recall, um, but we, we've sort of played around with that. And so last year it was the 5th of March, this year it was the 4th of March. And the idea is it can be within the, work, the working week. So it's just kind of easier for people to do stuff. Um, so yeah, it's an annual event in the calendar that more and more people plan ahead um, and, and think of all sorts of interesting things they can do all across the globe. And that it's the different communities, because I really stress that. I think we all have different ways of working with this. Um, and some people, yeah. So let's be creative. Let's be hear all the voices, all the approaches. And um, yeah, so for it to grow and grow, really. And I also want to say, and this is it's an obvious thing to say, but really every day is Climate Coaching Action Day. <laughs> and that's a great segue into my next question is that, you know, what can we as practitioners, as um, a business owner, you know, we, we, we have a business, it happens to be coaching, but it, it's a business at the end of the day. And also as individuals ourselves, what can we do to um, get involved in this? Not just on the, the Climate Coaching Action Day itself, but throughout the year, year on year, what can we do as, as coaches, as business owners and as individuals to get involved? Mm, absolutely. So that call to action and it's definitely a strong call to action. Um, so I think there are lots of communities we can tap into. So some people might want to join the Climate Coach Alliance. It might not be for everybody, coaching that, sorry. Um, but that's that's one way to do it. Or we can go off and get some training. Um, so climate change coaches do offer some, some lovely training. Um, read, you know, coaching work. We, we try and have lots of coverage of all sorts of things. We've got a, a lovely article in the current issue from Catherine Gorman, Gorman who's using the, a lighthouse. So there's something about the alliance with nature. Um, I think we could just keep experimenting the same way as we would do with, with all sorts of other things we come across. You know, we're not shy. We say, oh, let's just have a play. So I think that's something. Just be more courageous and playful about how we try stuff out. Um, 
what else would I say? I think there's also something for me, and this is not so much getting involved, but I think it's a, there's a, it, it's not easy facing into the climate emergency. So there's something for me about giving ourselves some space to be with our own emotions around this so that we're then better equipped to be with others. Because I said playful, it can be playful, it can be systemic, and Mother Earth is just one other stakeholder, albeit the, probably the most important one, maybe. Um, but there's something also, as I say, about sort of maybe being grief, maybe being with sadness or even anger that can motivate us to do stuff. And if we haven't done that for ourselves, taken care of those emotions, then maybe we haven't got the bandwidth to be with others around theirs. Um, and that's another shift I think we've seen in coaching where people are coaches are much more open to working with emotions, you know, which wasn't the case, weirdly, um, with all coaching. So, yes, yeah, so I think do the work ourselves, maybe, um, is important. Tap into the different communities, set your own one up if, uh, if you, you know, you want to work on something different. Yeah, that's the, those are the main things I would say. Mm. <laughs> Thank you. And that, and that emotional piece as individuals, how we position ourselves in relation to it and how we give ourselves space and time for things to come up um, is something that we spoke to another coach, um, Gwyneth Jones, who's currently living in Prague. And that's in another um, podcast. She kind of talks through a process of how to kind of go through that and how to acknowledge and give space and to articulate. And then, you know, as, as a coach, how to accompany somebody on that journey as well. So that's probably worth kind of, and checking out I know that for me as an individual when you kind of stand and look at um the extent of impact that humans have had on this planet and maybe watch you know David Attenborough's um life work film that he produced public and um, released recently actually the enormity of it is 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 huge and how do you kind of process that and go through that and you know then as an individual what what can you do how can you play your part um and it would be helpful if you're able to signpost um any specific resources i know we've kind of touched on a few and linked to other podcasts mm -hmm. and other individuals and um, but ultimately if any of our listeners are wanting to you know develop their knowledge within this area um where would you signpost them and then clearly about you know yourself and your work as well whether that's linked to the climate change aspect whether it's coaching at work or whether that's mindfulness it would be great just to give um yeah our listeners thank you thank you so i do think the mindfulness and compassion is important here um for this work and um, i know um a, a friend of mine um alistair scott um he's just launched through the one leadership project um a new website just the other day same day as climate coaching actually called compassionpractices.net um so check it check out that maybe um my book mindful coaching is through with with Kogan page and there's also lots of resources in coach the, the team with, with penguin i've got lots of lots of resources in there about sort of working with teams compassionately mindfully um because this is what's required here um, yeah, Climate Coach Alliance, I think, Climate Coaching Alliance is well worth checking out. And I think they're going to be having a lot of the recordings of the sessions that will organise through, uh, through them, Climate Coaching Action Day. Coaching at Work can be, is, is www.coaching-at-work.com. My website's lizforcoaching.com. Um, yeah, what else to say about resources? I mean, when, when, 
we're in such a lovely time now, I think, when there are so many resources. And we can read it's all the somatic, somatic work that we do is a great way of helping us connect with the earth. So theory U, you know, the Presencing Institute and all that sort of stuff um, would be something to look into. Hmm, that's a, that's a good question. I think, yeah, we've got, for example, Climate Coaching Action Day, we're on social media, so we can check us out on LinkedIn or Facebook. There will be stuff up there as well. Yeah, I think that's probably enough for people listening. <laughs> Thank you. And, and we'll have all of those resources linked on our website for when we release this podcast so everyone can go on and, and, and find those those resources that you mentioned. And, and personally, from my perspective, um, using Co the Coaching at Work magazine helped me immensely last year when I was writing my dissertation. I referenced a, a few articles um, in my resources section there as well. And it's just great to see that there is a publication out there, not just books, but an actual publication where this the, the, the outdoors and coaching are being talked about and written about and people are sharing their, their views and their ideas and you mentioned Catherine she's on a um, another episode of our podcast series as she well so and her views too and mm -hmm. um, she's written some great stuff for the magazine over the last year so um it's just great as you said there is a wealth of information out there and we will signpost those the ones that you've mentioned on the website including the other um organizations such as the climate coaching alliance will have their website up there as well so people can have a have a look around because it's a slightly different different topic different way of looking at um coaching outdoors and really understanding our our footprint and our um and our impact as well so thank you so much for joining us today liz we've talked through some great stuff and 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 we really have sort of focused on that climate coaching topic and the climate coaching action day and we really wanted to highlight the great work that you've been doing and um the resources that are out there for people um coaches who are already using um the outdoors as part of their practice um, and also we've got a lot of listeners we know that are thinking about um, starting to take their coaching practice outdoors. So hopefully this will be some real good, really great food for thought for them um, around how it's not just about taking your coaching conversation outdoors, but it's about that partnership with the outdoors and, and making sure that we are not um, damaging it in what we do. So thank you so much, um, Liz, and um, our, the rest of our podcasts along with this one will be at our, on our website, www.coaching-outdoors.com coaching-outdoors.com and hopefully everyone has found those already but if you haven't please do um, have a listen to the, the, the recordings we've um, published already and again thank you very much for your time Liz today it's been wonderful meeting you on zoom and um, talking to you today thank Lovely. you thank you so much for inviting me thank you